What's going on, guys? Welcome back to It's Literally Fine, a podcast. Marie Papadakis, Emily Savard. What's up? This episode is sponsored by Good Vines. If you saw our last one, they were in it as well. Only 120 calories for this white wine. So good. Spritzer, unbelievable. You can find them at any of your local SBOs and follow them on Instagram at Good Vines Co. But today, we have some amazing guests with us today. Our first females, female guests on the podcast. Mariah and Emma, thank you so much for joining us. How are you guys doing? So good. So good. Thanks for having us. <laughs> okay, so today's episode, we're going to be talking to you both a little bit about your, your roles in the fitness industry and being two, you know, very inspirational women in the city of Toronto. But just to give our viewers and listeners a bit of a background, Emma, why don't you go first and just kind of explain who you are, what you do, and then we'll go to you, Mariah. For sure. Um, so I've been in the fitness industry in a number of different capacities uh, for the past 10 years. Um, most recently, I've been instructing at Toronto's first rhythmic boutique spin studio. So that cool. one's called Spoke House. That was before SoulCycle and all those big players kind of came here. So yeah, uh, it was cool to be a part of that first movement. Um, and I've also been instructing virtually because of COVID at Sweat and Tonic. So that's a big flagship studio, also downtown Toronto. Um, and then I do a lot of my own fitness projects as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I started off, I guess, doing Taekwondo from a really young age and then eventually a transition to dance. And now I am an NBA dance captain for the Toronto Raptors and I choreograph uh, for the Raptors 905 and host as well. And I just, I, it's so funny how dance and Taekwondo really helped me find this career. Yeah. So it's funny, actually, we were talking the other day, Maria and I, about how it's kind of ironic having you guys on the podcast because Mariah has, is a dancer. I did Blue Jays dance and cheer, um, for those short moments a couple years ago. And then Maria is a spin instructor and mm-hmm. so is Emma. So it's kind of cool having like the contrast of all four of us on the podcast yeah. together, but yeah. So why don't we just dive right into it? What made you guys specifically choose to go into spin and then instructing as well? Um, for me, it was, uh, I was an athlete for years, so this is kind of random, but I was a very competitive synchronized swimmer. So at a very oh elite God. level. Um, I so, that. so niche. I know. I love that. That's so niche. Like, no, no one, one ever says knew that. that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a synchronized swimmer. It's like, what? Like, yeah, I know. Not I can't even dive, so I can imagine how good that is. It's, uh, it's also a very <laughs> underrated sport. It's yeah. a very yeah. difficult sport. Um, so I devoted a huge amount of my, of my life to training as I was growing up. And then basically towards the end of high school, um, I, my heart just wasn't in it for the amount that I had to train really to kind right. of progress with it. Uh, so I left the sport, but it kind of created this huge void in my life. I mean, just hours and hours spent training in a week. And I was kind of looking for something to, to fill that that still gave me that you know, the mental health component, um, being able to train and have something to set goals for. So I just kind of started to learn about training uh, on my own. So I found like my local gym and started to carve out time for that. Um, And I think that that really was my foray into wanting to learn more about fitness and training in general. Um, So I did my Bachelor of Kinesiology at McMaster after I graduated and then have worked in so many different roles in fitness. So my first job at a university was working in a big box gym as a personal trainer, 
going to date myself here, but Extreme Fitness, if anybody listening right, remembers yeah. that one, <laughs> that was quite the operation for a while. I think they've all since been bought out by Good Life. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that really evolved into so many different things, working kind of on the marketing side for different fitness brands, um, getting into group instruction as that kind of evolved uh, yeah. later down the line. So it's really always been a part of my life in some capacity. Um, and I think I really fell into group instruction um, just because the energy and sort of the community you're able to create yeah. using fitness as your medium. You know what? I actually I, love that though, because like you find like even all the things that we've done in our careers, like they come from something you started with as a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it was dance, playing soccer, a synchronized swimming, you know what I mean? All those different things have like led everyone to kind of like where they are today, which is like really like almost beautiful to think well, that yeah, like, and I you've was, kept your roots. Yeah. Right? I was literally saying to Mariah and Emma like earlier, that I did musical theater growing up. So like being on a, having a podcast now and like having like that confidence to like speak and Mm -hmm. do all that. I think that like really stems from like a childhood, like you start off doing one thing and kind of lead up. So I guess tell us about your dance background and how you got into that as well. Yeah. So, well, it's kind of funny. I started Taekwondo when I was six and I trained for about nine years. And then I was approaching the time where once I got my black belt, I just really wanted to dance and I started dancing accidentally. That's also super niche. I don't know anyone who does that either five times so like an hour and a half and just being a kid every day it was really intense but it taught me so much discipline and I I wouldn't definitely not to mess with you either yeah right yeah so uh actually once I started dancing I I started training around 13 so that's pretty late for a dancer because I didn't do the competitive route I did mainly just drop-ins and I had to hustle myself there and then I joined or I auditioned for the Tobacco School of the Arts, and that's where I got more technique-based training. So I learned um, ballet and jazz, yeah. uh, not jazz funk, but ballet and modern. And yep. then eventually it was cool because once I hit 18, I decided to audition for the Raptors Dance Pack. Uh, now it's called the Northside Crew. And from there, I just feel like my career really took off. And right. the emphasis of fitness was so big for me because we had how many games this season? Like, 40 plus games not including playoffs and you're constantly doing back-to-back rehearsals and games and I there was a point where I needed to just really build the muscle to sustain the amount of impact I was doing right uh through that I've been so lucky I've traveled to five countries I've got to be a part of different charities and promote health and fitness uh there was some really cool NBA 3x events in Philippines and uh we went to China as well so Dance really kind of kickstarted my fitness career. And then recently I've gotten to yoga and I absolutely love love that because I really believe in the mind, body, soul connection. And it's cool. Just how we said, how one thing leads to the next. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool because like I went, like I danced competitively for 10 plus years. Yeah. And I remember like the discipline you had to be like in ballet and all that. So for you to like, and I fell off after a while because I was like, I knew I wasn't going anywhere with dance. But um, <laughs> d- d- definitely not. Uh, if you saw me as a ballerina, you you definitely laughed. I'm actually not. like picturing that and I can't really picture it. There's Just literally clumsy. a video of me and my sister on stage and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Because I was not a ballerina. <laughs> not, not the flexible, I elegant, no. But I know what it is to like, be in that studio every day and I'm sure with the Raptors like keeping yourself motivated and disciplined every day to go into into practice or rehearsals and then on top of that you choreograph for the Raptors so like how do you find like both of you how do you find the balance between like your everyday life and then also just like 
keeping yourself motivated, but also managing all these different side jobs that you have on top of like spin, so, yeah. dance, all of that. It can be really tricky sometimes. Um, like for instance, doing sort of marketing for wellness and fitness brands and then teaching my own classes and, you know, having to be in a bunch of different parts of the city. Obviously this is pre-COVID. Now yeah, everything yeah, is yeah. from home. Yeah, so I guess yeah. my life is streamlined a little bit more though <laughs> these days. That's one good, actually great thing about COVID. Is yeah. That, um, I, a standard day for me before would be like three locations around the city. Yeah, so you were always teaching, running around. Always. always yeah. So whether it's her. teaching for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Like All used to time. joke too. Like it, two bags would be a good day. So yeah, they come yeah. in to be like a three bagger, like just yeah. lugging all of my things around for all of these different components of my day. And I guess when you love it, it's, you know, it's a sacrifice you're willing to make, but it can be a lot. So yeah. I think, I mean, I guess that's one thing I'm grateful for with COVID, but I think just having really good organization and really knowing that there is going to be an investment, whether it's travel, energy, right. your time. So just making sure that all of these projects that you're doing are really aligned with where you want to mm-hmm. go. Um, like one of them was a youth program, a fitness youth program that I did. And that would be a little bit far out from where I'd be working. Uh, em and I worked together at the time for a really large fitness event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just having all of these things that really you can see the end goal with it. And they're definitely aligned yeah. for what you want because you can get pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. So I think it's about being clear about the projects you're going to take on. Um, but I think I've also learned when to kind of say like, no, Stop. I think I'm good. Yeah. I'm tapped out right now. Yeah. Um, so Burnout's that was a, that was a learning curve It's important too. to know that though and, and know your boundaries with that and like mm-hmm. how to, when to say no. Because I feel like, I feel like all four of us honestly combined are all like, go, go, go. Yes, yes, yes. People. And we want to do everything and be involved with everything. But like, sometimes you just can't. And I never noticed that really until COVID. Yeah. Because it's COVID. And That's it was, exactly honestly, what happened. And it was a really big change for me because yeah. I thought like, before it was always go go like anytime I, I I always made a joke that I lived in my car because I'd be from work yeah. to training to spin class back home to For change sure. back to a night event to here to there and just everywhere and then you, when you have COVID and you're working from home it's like am I doing enough I do <laughs> For it's sure. like what is happening I think I had an identity crisis you know, at the beginning I'm like I'm just I'm not one. doing enough like I, I feel like, like, like guys I'm like am, am, what, what am I doing these days <laughs> however like, I, I do so, think that you know, like at the same time with COVID and working from home, I'm doing more. It's weird. I have a weird like conflict mm-hmm. every day of like, am I doing enough or am I doing too much? Because I'm like, like I was just saying, mm-hmm. I, I work so I work longer hours. Like after this, I'm gonna go home and work for another couple hours. I find so that it's like I never really have a boundary. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always mm-hmm. on the computer, always and you get on the lost phone, in it, right? and it's just like constant. Yeah. So. But speaking about being like into the computer and like obviously all of us work in social media in some way. You guys have a big presence on social media. And being a dancer and a fitness instructor, how do you maintain like the positive and negative, you know, things that you see on there? How do you maintain your social profile and how do you go about it? Because like, I'm sure there's always people who like have, have an opinion on how you should look, have an opinion on how you should carry yourself, have an opinion on what you should be doing. And how do you kind of like keep your social media like true to who you are? And not let it affect you. you. Uh, I would say that I'm now more purposeful than ever when it comes to my social media. And I also really love the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. You know, when things were happening, when I was hosting Jurassic Park or when I was in game mode, everything was fun and I had the content so I could just say, hey, I'm excited for game day. And, you know, it was a little bit easier. But once everything shut down, I really had to ask myself, well, what is making me feel uncomfortable and what's making me enjoy social media? And I do social detoxes because when COVID hit, I have to say, like, 
I was not enjoying it. I felt a lot of pressure. You know, you have brand deals that you want to upkeep. I wanted to also make sure I wasn't just posting filler content. Right. So it was this weird battle of, okay, I'm seeing what everybody else is doing and how great they're doing it, but I'm at a standstill. Do yeah. people even want to see what I have to put out? So I really had to train my mind to say, okay, we'll post... Maybe I'll post a reel here. I'll do something there. It wasn't so much a formula anymore as much as it was. I'm only posting if I have something to say. Right. And I'm not going to put as much pressure. And the social detoxes would be, I'm just not going to post for a couple of days. And that was my resistance. Right. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Emma? I think I definitely echo that. Um, There's always that comparison and that pressure, right? I think Mm -hmm. um, to stay relevant and to see who's working with what brands or, I mean, pre-COVID, what events were you going to? I guess Mm -hmm. there's virtual events Mm -hmm. now. But definitely, I really, and I still feel it, is that pressure to stay relevant, right? There's always up-and-comers coming up in your field. And it's just like, well, what have I done lately? That's like really exciting. And I can tell people about. about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's, you know, that that is there but it's just trying to take a step back um and just sometimes your life is what it is and you can really you know if there's something that I feel is worth sharing again to echo mm-hmm. Mariah is just trying to be as intentional um as possible and trying not to overthink I guess which is something I really really yeah. had to work mm-hmm. on I think I have gotten significantly better. Yeah. I know a couple of years ago, I would scrutinize everything that I was about to post on social. That's what I do. And I try to just, I know it's tough sometimes, <laughs> right? Like you look at a photo and you pick out one thing that nobody else would even see. But I do also try yeah. to, you know, <laughs> I do try to remember that people don't scrutinize you or your life the way you do. Right. Emma's made yeah. me look at a tree branch once, three times in a row. Do you see <laughs> that? I'm like, who, who is zooming into a tree branch? No, but like, please, explain I was gonna, like, I was going to like kind of play off and what you said like we do the same thing with the podcast right like everything we want to stay relevant we want to like keep posting things and I think honestly something that's been brought to our attention recently is the need to have like in-studio interviews Mm -hmm. is it so important we think to like keep up with what other people are doing and unfortunately there are ways to have in-studio interviews that are safe and controlled and there's not going to be a COVID outbreak you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but people are assuming that these things are happening right but at the same time if you don't do it you're not going to stay up to up to date with everyone else. So it's one of those things that's been hard to navigate, I think, for us during COVID as well, is like staying relevant on social and, and what yeah. content we put out as well. And even that goes for a lot of personal people, like personal pages as well. Like I've, I've talked to a few of like my friends who also like doing the influencer world and even just like have their own, like we're starting up their own fitness accounts and all that. And yeah. Like Maria, like I found that like, like you were saying, you don't have enough content. You, it was so easy to before, but now there's not enough. And they're yeah. like, I feel like I'm losing followers or I feel like I, no one cares anymore. For sure. And it's tough, you know? Like, and I, like, even, even this week, like I posted uh, something on my blog about like changing your mindset because my mm-hmm. mindset changed a lot because of COVID. And I find that like, I didn't want to post certain things because I just, I didn't have, I wasn't going to promote something that I wasn't feeling. Yeah. And that's what I feel like a lot of people were doing through COVID. Like, let me go outside and take a picture because I have to. And it's really right. Don't. Filler so true. Let me take yeah. a picture in my it's living true. room showing that I'm doing something because yeah. I have to, I have to post something. And it's like, no, you don't change your mindset to be comfortable and happy with what you're doing and who you are and the followers or whatever. And yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of people forget and what a lot of people see. And especially being two, you know, prevalent women in the industry, like that goes a lot. And like, even with your hosting job, you know, like yeah. I found mm-hmm. that with all my TFC stuff, I have no content really to post. Mm-hmm. I have no more game day stuff. I have no more. I film in my basement. 
Yeah. There's only so much of that looking paper. Wall, you can see <laughs> yeah. in the background. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah. I look at it, I'm like, hey, what's going on again? Before I film, yeah. and it's like, you know what I mean? Like how? Like, yeah. It's it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, and I, we always like to touch on social media in episodes because we think it's like such a huge part of mm-hmm. everything we do now, and it plays into every single aspect. So, kind of like going off of that, in terms of fitness, what kind of pressures do you guys feel as females in fitness mm-hmm. um, on social to be? looking a certain way or always um, making sure that you're posting something that you look good in or that you think your followers will make like will think you look good in what that kind of thing being in fitness how do you guys go about that in your day-to-day life and like what you're choosing to post um that definitely is something that still influences some some of my thought processes in terms of creating content um and there is pressure for sure especially with someone for somebody in the fitness space um i think there is still that old like adage your body is your brand so that's always still kind of in the back of my mind that was embedded when i first started out in fitness i think we've made amazing strides like in the past few years in terms of like body positive and really seeing that fitness looks so different on different Everyone, people yeah. right like fitness has so many different body types and body types yeah for sure um but I think still and you know it probably still goes back to you know when I was an athlete and like there was a desired body type so I think that there is still that part of me that wants to always present that image of just like looking super lean and looking you know right. I mean, looking my quote-unquote best yeah but I am also really trying to have a breadth of content where I'm putting out photos of, you know, I probably fluctuate 10 pounds up and down a few times in a year, right? Like that's a lot of females I'm sure can relate to that. So I think trying to be relatable over aspirational really is what's going to connect with people more. And so I try to think about that when I feel afraid to post that content where I'm like, I don't think I look like amazing or shredded or whatever. It's like, you know what? But I'm actually, I'm still so fit. Like that day I ran like, 12k and like you know what I mean and I think it's important for people who do have some kind of a following or community to show that fitness does look so many yeah looks so so different on different people but also looks different on the same person depending on where they're at in their life right Right. so yeah totally and I think also COVID taught me to accept that my body's going to change as we get older your body changes but my tribe and I like we my tribe and community really came through I think because just speaking about it saying Oh, you know, from a year ago when I was having maybe four to five games a week and I was having three hour rehearsals twice a week, my body looks very different than that. And, you know, I think there's also that stigma where just because naturally I'm a very long, lean type person, but I really used to value my strength and working at home and not having weights, it's changed a lot. And so sometimes just finding your space in there, like no matter what body type you are, you're valid in how you feel about it. Because I do think body pressures especially in a like on the the jumbotron for example like there was moments where I felt almost like I was in a fishbowl and you see yourself on like this massive screen and there used to be those times where I'd really compare myself and but luckily I really have to fall back on my community we were really great at just like encouraging each other saying girl I'm going through the same thing and we're getting older. I'm not the 18 year old I used to be. And I've really found power in that. And yeah. I think it's just every day it changes. Some days you're just going to feel better yeah, than others. I think people fall too much to comparison. And yeah. like, I've done that with myself before too. You look back at like the worst thing you do is look back at a photo. 
I'd yeah. Be like, oh, I wish I looked like that. All then. the time. Always, actually. All the time. But, and the funny part is when you look back at the photos, or at least, I mean, I can't speak to everybody, but I know for, from some of the struggles I had, I remember thinking in those photos that I didn't look good or that I looked heavy. Same. And I look back and I'm like, I was like a size two. Like, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just it's such crazy. a weird mind I know, warp. I know. It's bizarre. It's so true because you look back and you're like, oh my God, I wish I looked like that. Then you think back like, was I even healthy at that point? And I wasn't yeah. too with how I looked then. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, no, it's so true. bizarre. It's yeah. true. Yeah. It's very strange. But. No, and I and I it's funny you say that because I now have taken it to the shift in mindset of like I look back at photos of myself and Marie and I always like share our photos back and mm-hmm. forth and be like, yo, look at how crazy this photo is. <laughs> yeah. But like I went through a really s- small phase where I was like working out twice a day, not really eating a whole lot of food. Mm-hmm. And I have these photos that come up in my Snapchat memories and I send them to her and I go, I look so ill. Like, at mm-hmm. least I can recognize it now. But in the moment, I thought I was like huge. Do you know what I, I mean? Have yeah. It's like, too. it's yeah. at least like, I wasn't happy then. I'm not like, I'm happy now, which is like, I guess different in a way, right? I've like kind of shifted that mm-hmm. mindset, but it's not like that for everyone. I think no. that takes to get to a certain point of like, this is, this is who you are now. And to your mm-hmm. point, Mariah, your body changes as you get older. Like you can't, that's just part of life. You yeah. can't help that. Yeah. Like after you hit 20, between 20 to 30, you're going to hit a lot of roads. Yeah. And like, not that I'm 30 yet. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm almost 25 and I can tell you things are already changing. So you got to, you know what I mean? Like things do change and things are changing and people need to understand that. And I just... I don't know. I feel like that's something that a lot of women need to hear. So it's good to hear that come from you guys, especially people yeah. who are in the industry and use your body as your brand uh, per se. So. Yeah. So kind of touching on the community side, let's just talk about community and how important it is in the fitness scope, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, you talk about it a lot, Mariah and Emma. You guys have like your vibe is your tribe kind of thing. Like I love that quote. I always like live by that quote. Who you surround yourself with will make you a better person. You make them a better people, whatever else. Can you guys kind of shine light, shine some light on how important community is to you and in the fitness realm, how important it is in that aspect? Um, gosh, it's been a lot to me over, I think mainly the past five years, like group fitness really speaks to community. So I think that's really where I saw a lot of amazing friendships flourish and different friend groups. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me was just like a mentor group, a female mentor group. And that was from Spoke House. Um, so the founder, her name is Christine Ladano. Now she got married. Um, but just being surrounded by a group of women who were entrepreneurial, really forward thinking, doing something that was totally new at the time. Again, right. Nobody had seen rhythmic spin at this time. Like it was totally novel. Um, and I was just incredibly inspired. And I think just taking a lot of what I learned during those experiences has been amazing. And I know that I can still rely on those groups in terms of, you know, working now if I'm doing something on the marketing side for fitness or just really learning yeah. so much from those people. So that part's been amazing for me. Um, and I think just, I guess, more on the fitness side, it's really just seeing what people are able to accomplish when they're working together. I mean, there's great parts about doing things by yourself sometimes, right. but a lot of people I think need those regular check-ins of a community to feel motivated, to feel, you know, it becomes kind of that social um, outlet for a lot of people too. And it's a much healthier option than going to the bar with people yeah. and so yeah. on and so forth. So that's really, really huge for people too. It's such a great I just think positive it's so different, space. right? It is. Like when you're yeah. going to a group fitness class versus going out for a night out with friends at the bar, it's so different, right? Like the community you get with your spin class versus finding, going and having shots at the bar is just like a different mindset and you're in a different space. And like your friends that you're going to spin class, probably real friends that you'll be friends with for a while because you guys have similar mindsets and you're all like 
like-minded. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that's like important to like highlight in terms of like community yeah. and, and especially downtown Toronto. Like it's hard to find that kind of community, I think. It's true. I'm like, I know like for yourself, you're a spin instructor as well. And I find that like, even just seeing what I'm teaching, like women who like, they don't know each other. They come, they sit on a bike right beside for by sure. side. And then mid class, you can see them like, you know, like vibing the connection each other on for sure. that yeah. is like goals to me. Cause when it's like when people who don't know each other can come into a room and just be there and support each other, like that's community. No, for so, sure. So yeah, I just, I love that. about. And Mariah, you're started up with all they fit as well. Yes. And they have a great, online and in-person community as well. Can you touch mm-hmm. on that a little bit? So I, I'm so happy you mentioned that because so I think representation first off is so important and I think just encouraging that community really helped especially at the beginning of COVID when everything stopped for me. I really didn't it's not that I didn't know what to do but I wasn't really motivated and I right. couldn't hold myself accountable and Cassie and Jamaica are just incredible with that program. They had game nights. They had ways for us to be very social. And, you know, my sister, actually, she had just got out of, she had graduated from college and she was feeling a bit lost at times and she was battling a bit of like social anxiety and all they fit was incredible and just really making everybody feel super welcome. Next thing you know, my sister's just killing everybody because she's just a soccer player who knows bounds into bad is better than any of us. Right. But you know, I think the atmosphere with everybody at different fitness levels and then just kind of having that sense of community. And at the end of the program, we all had a soccer baseball game and outing. So I really loved that. And again, I would take that over a bar any day. And I think for so long, I didn't really have a social life. And when you find people who are like-minded like you it's just I hope those friendships just last for me yeah you know you hold each other accountable for sure and I think like touching on that like the importance of like girls supporting girls is so prevalent in today's society Mm -hmm. and I think that Marie Marie and I grew up in like or we went to school in sport media right so we're always in competition with each other so we always touch on this a lot is like how we were always pinned against each other Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a lot of like support in that realm I think that now times have shifted so much and girls are supporting girls Mm -hmm. finally but let's just maybe talk about the importance of that alone girls supporting other females in the industry and and just in any walks of life because I think girls are always pinned up against each other in any they're always comparing each other to each other or in competition in any Mm -hmm. anything it might be not just sports or in media so I think it's it's become more important that girls support girls in all aspects of industries so let's just maybe talk about what yeah. do you guys think um like in terms of importance of that like how how do you guys feel about that I think also just realizing when one of us wins we all win yeah. and there's enough opportunity out there for us all to have a place or a seat at the table I'm wildly passionate about that just because I was raised by very strong women and I just when we uplift each other, you're able to kind of accomplish more. And I hope that doesn't sound too much of a PR answer, but I no, really no, believe in that. I agree. And, you know, just seeing women of all shapes and sizes, of all races, whether it be in government or in sports, right. like a male dominated, I'm in a male dominated industry and Kate Ness, I got to talk to her not too long ago and Kayla Gray, there's all these incredible women, like just making moves for us. Yeah. So I think the more that we can just celebrate everybody's wins it really helps us as a whole in yeah. general yeah even with spoke house like open all female you know like it's oh just... for sure that was like a hub for yeah. like really brilliant um motivated yeah uh amazing women and again just to give christine another you know hats off i just think she was really 
kind of a visionary in terms of bringing what she brought to Toronto again when I first started there and I remember watching her you know kind of do some trainings for us she gets in and she just rips her shirt off she's in this sports bra she's super confident she goes up on the spike and she's doing like we call it a triple spin where your your body kind of comes down with the beat and your legs are going really fast it's a sprint I just remember thinking like what am I watching like I was just mesmerized but it was just this incredible vision of like this badass woman that just like she knew exactly how she wanted to pull this off she she had her vision of what she wanted Spokehouse to be and it was so inspiring like I remember someone saying like yeah I think she she teaches in a sports bra and like I'm not doing that like no chance right (laughs) but like I remember going into that room and I was like I feel so I guess empowered is the best word Um, it was just like amazing to feel that confident and supported going into something like that. And if she hadn't been the way she was, if she hadn't been so willing to mentor us and to kind of give us a platform to feel that same kind of confidence that we saw her walk in with, then I don't think I, who knows what would have happened in terms of my fitness and instructing career Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. Like I, I'm really not sure. So I, again, think like that's one, you know, snapshot of something that really, the whole team kind of was like, yeah, like this is so badass. Yeah, we sick. want that too. And yeah. we yeah. all won because like we created a space where not only us, but all the riders who came in felt that way too. Right. So again, mm-hmm. just, you know, Mariah hit the nail on the head. Like one wins, we all win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, totally. it kind of teaches you to like own who you are. For sure. And like, even when it comes like that sports bra thing, like some women, you know, like they come into these classes or it just anywhere at the gym or even into an office and they feel like they can't like you know be who they truly are and it's like just show who you truly are because at the end of the day like everyone's here to support each other and I feel like that's definitely something a lot of people need to hear whether male or female it's just supporting everyone for what they are and who they are yeah mm-hmm. right no 100% but obviously like before we before we end it COVID has definitely been something that's been very hard for everybody yeah. I know like I've gone through uh a very up and down uh, year because of like yeah. not being able to do what I've always wanted to do. Not things for work changing, things in my social life changing, my fitness life, and I know everybody's gone through that. But being in an industry that's so involved, or industries, uh, sorry to say, um, that are so involved with like fan interaction or being on location or in a studio, how yeah. have you guys adjusted, and how has it affected you guys, your mental health, and just kind of how you live your daily life? Uh, you know what? I realized I had this epiphany moment where <laughs> my work does not define who I am. I used to define myself by the work I was producing. And when I didn't have that, I was lost. I, I thought, okay, well, then who am I if I'm not hosting or dancing or all these elements? Right. And it was scary because it's like, okay, well, what kind of value do I bring? So I really had to just search within myself and realize it's not just you. We're all going through it. You haven't failed in a way at the system kind of failed us or it was just really out of everybody's hands. Right. So it took me a while though, cause I'd have good days and bad days, but I have to say just supporting my friends and them internally, sorry, them also supporting me helped showing up for myself. I started reading the 5am club, haven't done it yet, but all these self-help books. And I realized I just, I get to choose who I am. I get to choose who right. I want to be. My work is just a bonus. Right. So changing my mentality really was what kind of saved me, I think. Yeah. No, for sure. I think a lot of people have kind of gone that route as well of yeah. like maybe like just reflecting on who they are and like mm-hmm. what they personally bring to the table in terms of themselves. Like, it's true. Yeah. Because it's you're not the only one who's gone through that. And that's good to hear because I feel like 
everybody's gone through some sort yeah. of like social identity through this. Yeah. Like, what, what, what am Definitely. I doing? Who am I? But maybe Where it needs to happen. Maybe yeah. that's exactly what it needed, needed to, to happen humble, to I think a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yeah. <laughs> but what about yourself? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, in the beginning, especially, had a really like a loss of identity. Like again, mm-hmm. Emily can attest, like doing three different kind of projects a yeah. day. Um, you know, that was very much a part of you know those things you kind of start to use to define yourself for better or for worse. So for sure, in the beginning, I, I felt quite lost. You know, it was just sort of this: I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm, I'm not doing enough. I'm just I'm just really mm-hmm. confused. Um, and I think part of it was, you know, that's a catalyst to pivot. Obviously, we've seen some amazing pivots by right. so many different people and companies this year. So I think that was a great opportunity, um, you know, between virtual fitness or just finding mm-hmm. other ways to uh, connect with people and still be able to do what I do, maybe using a different medium. Right. Um, but I think also to echo Mariah, just being able to have a lot more downtime to really reflect on you know, parts of myself that I was too busy to mm-hmm. even remember all these things that kind yeah. of, you know, were lost in the shuffle. And, you know, it was a really good reflection time. And I'm sure a lot of people the past year, all this buried stuff comes up for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a good thing in a way to have kind of this, this stillness and this quiet to, um, yeah, just have that reflection time. And it, yeah. it does give you a true sense of who you are and what you're all about. And I think people do get so tied to their day to day. So no, 100%. I totally agree. I think the same thing with us. Like we really, like we took the opportunity to launch the podcast, but yeah, that's like, this is our passion project. Do you know what I mean? Like as much as Peloton and sweat and tonic are launching virtual platforms and, and different gyms are doing different things like that. This was our like time to mm-hmm. kind of like shift. What is like, what do we really want to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, what do we really like to do? And then kind of, and then move on it together as like friends, you know? And it's, it's honestly just also something to keep your mindset straight, keep Mm -hmm. your goals and, uh, your aspirations moving forward. Because if you don't have something or if you're not doing something a little bit to keep yourself on track, I find that like you really will lose what you truly Mm -hmm. love and you'll find um, disappointment in some things. And I just find that like keeping yourself just doing the, even the littlest things, whether it's reading or journaling, those will help you just keep your mindset on track. And that's what's kind of helped us because we love this. Yeah, so and like keeps us going. having guests in the podcast like you two is like, that's what keeps us going, right? And it's like, we like to talk to, to like-minded people yeah. and like two mm-hmm. badass girls like, do we have the, the first two girls in our podcast yeah. are like Woo. badass fitness <laughs> fitness chicks? You know what I mean? Like that for us, like this is what's rewarding for us is like having these kinds of episodes and being able to talk things through that other people are feeling too. Mm-hmm. And um and kind of like shedding light on that for our, our viewers and our audience who are maybe feeling lost yeah. and in mm-hmm. terms of fitness or in just in life, you know, mental, mental connection, whatever it is. So yeah, like this has been a great episode for us to kind of just like dive in with you guys in terms of the fitness scope and like what's been changing and what's like com- coming up, like moving forward. COVID hopefully friggin' ends at some point. I know. Hopefully, but like all of us can get We can all go to, for like, a fitness class together. Yeah. Come to scope oh, and do yeah. a class, you get know? these vaccines rolled out ASAP. Yeah, exactly. But um, we just want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast. It's been amazing and we love talking to you too. Likewise. You guys are both inspos for us, I think, in like That's a fitness scum scope and in just in real life so yeah you know we really appreciate appreciate you girls so much and if anyone wants to follow them on instagram their tags will be below and make sure you check them out and don't forget to like and subscribe on youtube it seriously helps us please thank you so much and girls thank you again thank you you.